Good afternoon and good evening and welcome into another episode of the Walk-On Podcast. I am your host, Jason Pearl. Alongside of me is my good friend, Jordan Riddick. Jordan, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Jason. How are you? I'm doing all right, Jordan. How was your week? Uh, the week this past week was, um, I think it was a pretty challenging week, Jason. Um, not personally for me but just to just to kind of see what's going on around us um and I, I think if we could just go ahead and address uh the current state of you know our world right now up at the top mm-hmm. i think that would help us out a lot um we all know un- the unfortunate and devastating murder we all know about um the murder of george george floyd and mm-hmm. um for those of you that are listening, um, my one hope and prayer for you today is to just take some time to um, be with your family and be with the ones um, that are closest to you. And um, if you're a person of color, um, then you know what the fight is like. Um, but for me and J- people like me and Jason who are not, um, mm-hmm. If you're listening, I, I just pray that you take some time to kind of evaluate um, what that might be like, um, even though you'll never fully understand. I, I think empathy um, in these situations are vital. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jason, I'll, I'll tell you, I woke up so burdened um, for so many yesterday morning, and I, I just felt so sad and helpless. Um, because as, you know, as, as much as I wanted to say the one thing that would, uh, change something, you know, in these situations, there's not one thing that will satisfy, uh, the situation. Um, and that's, that's the unfortunate part of this, that it's just led up and dragged, it's been dragged along through our history in this country and, it's just very unfortunate and sad that it's gotten up to this point. And I just think that we all need to be focused on being a part of the change rather than being a part of the problem. And part of that is being diligent and self-evaluating. Where can you own up uh, to your fault in any of these situations? Even if Jason, you know, if it's, if you're 1% at fault, then own Mm. up to a hundred percent of that. And I was reading a book, and it was talking about conflict resolution and it's talking about it and it's the quote says own a hundred percent of your one percent own a hundred percent of your one percent. So I think we all need to focus on that today. So true. So true. And I just want to add, uh, I was listening to a, the sermon this morning from a uh, passion city church. And uh, I was just a reminder that uh, this type of racial injustice and, um, just racism itself and it's a gospel issue and Mm. we we, me and jordan were christians and so we have an obligation as christians to love one another Uh, and that doesn't just stop uh on the the color of our skin we can't pick and choose who we love based on what we look like we're called to love everyone right and so right now we're in this this time and 
it, it pains me to scroll through social media right now, um, especially with everything that happened across our country uh, yesterday on Saturday. Uh, we're recording this on Sunday uh, and just seeing the, the rioting and the looting. Uh, and this morning when I woke up, I was reminded of something that we learned from being on Student Leadership Jordan is that the there's always a greater symptom than what's being expressed right our actions right. are a result of something else absolutely and so first off obviously the sin nature of human man contributes to that 100% but on top of that if for the people complaining out there about the rioting and looting let's address address the problem that started it all that mm -hmm. caused it all which was the police brutality and racism that still is deeply seated in this country and in people's hearts and minds and if you don't think that you are take some time to evaluate yourself mm -hmm. uh, and it's possible that you aren't racist but better to be safe than sorry and spend time and evaluating yourself and just making sure uh, your heart's in the right place and you hold no prejudices uh, because we have to eradicate uh, people's fears it's not fair for an african-american to fear for his life uh, just because of the color of his skin and right we Jason, as a go ahead yeah just to hop on your point with the the looting and rioting uh we you and i both know that two wrongs don't make a right mm -hmm. but that doesn't make the original person right either it's still a wrong. exactly so let's let's be open and honest about ourselves i think it's just a total lack of self-awareness and um, just, you know, the the whole issue of racism, just a total lack of, of love and of self-awareness towards others. It's just, it's very sad. It's very sad. 100%. And uh, there has been progress made. I, you look in the past 50 years, there has been progress made, but we still have a long ways to go. And I, I understand that this is a heavy topic to start off our show, and I, I promise you that our whole show isn't going to be like this. But we both agreed that it was important uh, for this to be addressed at the forefront um, because uh, at the end of the day, uh, sports is deep-seated in our culture. Uh, and our culture right now includes this. And society is completely impacted by this George Floyd uh, murder. And mm -hmm. so I, I think... We need to do. We needed to do our due diligence as people who love sports um, to speak up on this matter because sports figures are speaking up on it. Mm. Athletes are speaking up on it. Uh, it's important to them, and it should be important to us as well, especially as Christians. Yeah, for sure. I think it was. Uh, I was listening to Get Up um, a couple of days ago in the morning, and I think it was Jalen Rose that said, you know a lot of times he feels like personally that uh, people like black people because of the culture, not necessarily mm. because they're black. Um, and I think that's just, uh, for some, a sad reality. Um, that's actually how they feel. They like the culture. Um, they don't necessarily like the people. And, um, you know, I, I again, like I said before, it's just a very sad situation. Um, and I, and I, I'm really glad that we did this and addressed this at the top of the episode. And I just pray that anybody that's listening to us now that, you know, you would just take a second to reflect and, and like I said, just own up, uh, to what you can do to make a change. Let's think about that today.
Absolutely. But with that being said, let's dive into our heavy hitters. Uh, I know it's kind of a, an awkward transition that we're about to make, but uh, it's an awkward conversation uh, for a lot of people that we just had. Uh, it's a heavy conversation. And so there's no good way to switch out of that to another one. Uh, mm -hmm. But let's jump in uh, and talk about what I believe to be uh, one of the most disappointing uh, things in sports right now, and it's the way Major League Baseball is handling minor league baseball. Uh, and I wrote an article about this on our uh, on our blog, the Walk On mm -hmm. Blog. Uh, you can find it online at walkonblog.wixsite.com/twob. Uh, but uh, basically, what's happening is it stems back a couple of years, where Major League Baseball has determined that they're going to eliminate several minor league teams. Mm -hmm. um, and and kind of sh shrink their the farm system and farm programs. Right. Uh, along with that, with the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, they had determined that they were only going to pay their players a $400 a week uh, stipend mm -hmm. as far as minor league players go, which is not really a lot of money when you think about how much time the athletes have to put in. Uh, and just this past week, the Oakland Athletics – uh, were the first team to determine that they were no longer going to be paying their minor league players a weekly salary or a weekly uh, stipend. And so mm -hmm. right now uh, it looks like we're on the brink of the fall of minor league baseball. Jordan, is this an issue? Is it an issue? Of course yeah. it's an issue, Jason. Of course it's an issue. Um, not just from a <laughs> – from a – uh, fans perspective like this is devastating um, you think about all the uh, minor league markets who are facing the fact that um, you know the the economy is in a current decline and um, now they're going to be losing their minor league team because teams no longer want to have to pay for that um, mm -hmm. it's just a sad honestly it's just uh, the only way I could see this Jason is just a uh, uh, a somebody that as an owner uh has basically decided that you're not worth it enough so i take back my agreement with you to help uh fund your career uh and that's the only way i can see it um financially it makes a little bit of sense just because uh why invest in something that's not growing uh minor league baseball was not growing and in fact it was decreasing in popularity you don't make uh, only a few teams make money in in their very small markets uh, on TV deals. Uh, not even a lot of minor league teams are, are played on TV. And so mm -hmm. uh, at least what I'm trying to say here is that financially right now it makes sense, but this is definitely uh, something that is an issue, um, especially for a lot of fans and for a lot of minor league players. Like now you have to think what are what's the system going to be like for these young players who are drafted into the into the league is the uh you know how are they going to develop their players without just putting them up in the big leagues or yeah you know i i felt like what we what we had with major league baseball in the minor leagues was a very good system and now uh they've just decided that it is uh no longer feasible uh, especially with the times that they're in um and jason <laughs> i think it stems back to just baseball not being played um, baseball could be played right now if they yeah. if they really got their act together. They could have started this weekend. Absolutely. Um, and I just think it is 
a a a, a testament to the greed, uh, both on the owners and players' part. Uh, there's no one side that's to fault, um, but it, at, at this point, it comes down to greed, and this is uh, one of the trickle down effects of of this greed is that minor leagues um, are no longer are, are pretty much going out the door. Is what I'm seeing. And it's absolutely 100% greed. I, I, I use the, the Oakland Athletics as an example. Their ownership group is valued at about $2 billion. Uh, and the finances to pay their minor league players for a month would be a couple hundred thousand dollars. And so you look at that and you see $2 billion and a couple hundred thousand dollars. You would think that doesn't make that big of a difference. Like they're supporting upwards of a hundred people with that much money, uh, and they still could not find it in their heart uh, and as a valuable risk. And uh, the thing that worries me is Major League Baseball uh, has been kind of an example to a lot of other sports about these developmental leagues. You look at the G League, um, and even. In, in certain situations, the XFL, just having those secondary kind of lower quality leagues that can develop players and potentially send them into the professional uh, NFL type ranks or MLB type ranks. And we're losing that. And the nice thing about baseball was you could have a player drafted in the 37th round of a 50 round draft draft end up making the Major League Baseball. Uh, because of their development process, their skill set, whatever it is, you're not going to have that anymore. With less minor league teams come less spots to fill, which means a smaller draft, which means less people are going to have their their dreams become a reality. Mm-hmm. And they're going to be cutting out a lot of a talent pool because of this. Mm-hmm. And it's going to make oh, – you're going to – I believe that – Major League Baseball is going to suffer because of the decisions that they're making, because the quality of play and the quality of athletes that they're bringing into their systems are going to be less because they don't have the same amount of competition they're going up against. And that's what I think might be the biggest worry for Major League Baseball is their future decline in talent. Jordan, do you think that there's anything that can be done this year or that any decisions that can be made even in the near future uh, that can prevent that. Well, Jason, if we're going to call this a trickle-down situation, if this is a trickle-down effect of Major League Baseball not playing right now, then the solution is to get Major League Baseball playing and get the money rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, if that if That's the solution that has to happen this year for this to get any better. Uh, over time... Uh, it will get better. Uh, you know, the farm system, you know, the farm system started out as nothing. And so it, it built up to what it was, you know, a couple, you know, this past year. Mm-hmm. And they were already talking about kind of decreasing the numbers already. Um, but, you know, if, if nothing, uh, over time, it will be fixed. Um, just because if... I just, it's again, it's another one of those effects that if people don't realize, athletes don't realize, owners don't realize, if they don't get back to baseball this year, they will have devastating effects and not necessarily on them uh, in like mm-hmm. the very near future, but 
just for the sport in general for years to come. Thinking about the future is it, it's just really unfortunate to see the greed, like you said. Absolutely. There's one sport uh, in particular that has managed this whole situation really well. And let's talk about that next. The NBA mm-hmm. uh, has tentatively decided that they're going to begin their postseason-esque or some form of quasi-season, whatever it is, at the end right. of uh, July. And they've come to that conclusion. Uh, they've made that uh, available to the media. They've had good communication uh, mm-hmm. with owners, players, fans, uh, which I think is their biggest success uh, and MLB's biggest failure. But um, are you surprised uh, by the lateness of the return coming back? Because we talked last week about mm-hmm. um, their the season and what it might look like and what proposals right. could be made. And now that we finally have a date, July 31st, are you surprised by how late they're coming back? No, not at all. Um, and this will inevitably push back the start of the 2020-2021. That was a lot of 2020-2021. A season. Uh, it will push back the start of next season. I think I said <laughs> that go. correctly, but it was a very big mouthful. Oh, you absolutely said it correctly. 2021 season. Um, it will be delayed. Um, the start, they might cut back the games to maybe 60 maybe even 55, 50, you know, you don't know yet, but I think they're heading in the right direction. They don't have to make a decision on that right now. Um, what they had to do was make a decision on a date so that they can come up with a plan to return. And I think they're kind of going in the inverse of what the NHL has decided to do. The NHL decided to come out with a plan so that they can get a date on the table. Uh, the NBA has done the inverse. They have a date on the table and now the owners will vote on excuse me, the Board of Governors will vote Mm -hmm. on Thursday uh, on what the plan is. Um, And I think Adam Silver, you know, I I don't think either way it would have been a a good decision. Um, But I do like the way he's he's picked out a date and said, hey, guys, uh, this is the date. This is the time frame we're working with. Now you get to make that decision and back me on this decision that we're going to make together. So I I think he's done a good job with that. So on Thursday, we get to find out exactly who's going to be in this in this playoff, which is very exciting, Jason. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I'm looking forward to it. I'm disappointed because uh, the rumors are coming out that teams like my Cavaliers will not be invited to come down and play, uh, which, which is definitely surprised. disappointing. I'm not surprised, but I am disappointed because I, I want to watch my teams just as much as everyone else, selfishly, sure. but I understand. Um, but... There are a lot of wide-ranging consequences of bringing the season back. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, the two that come right off, uh, right to my head. Uh, Mm -hmm. One is the NBA draft and its impact on college basketball. They're moving Mm -hmm. that to September. Uh, And then the second is the delayed start date, you already mentioned this, of next season. Uh, Mm -hmm. And whether or not, because we've heard them discuss this before, whether or not they would consider making that a new permanent start date, such as Christmas, uh, just having Mm. a giant tip-off on Christmas and bring more hype to those NBA Christmas games. Mm. What are your thoughts on both the draft and college basketball uh, and a potential delayed, permanently delayed season start? Well, let me take – it's a two-part question. So first part the draft. I gave you a lot. No, it's okay. Uh, I can handle it. The first part is the draft, uh, talking about uh, college basketball. 
uh, you just open up a can of worms because college basketball is going to have <laughs> enough <laughs> trouble in itself to get yeah. going this season. Um, yeah, but I don't think that the draft necessarily will have that much of an impact. Uh, the college basketball season doesn't start till very late October and November. Um, so I can't see a September draft really affecting the college basketball season specifically because the guys who are already exiting college early um, have already done so for this draft. So I don't see at this point many or any, if all, um, dropping out of the draft and coming back to college. And even Mm -hmm. if they did at this point, um, and I, I don't think, I'm pretty sure the NBA has pushed that date of declaration. I don't, um, remember what, I don't know if that date has passed, but I'm pretty sure that date is still set in stone. Um, so I don't see this impacting the college basketball season in that way. Uh, college okay. basketball has a lot, um, going on for itself anyway, but I don't think that the draft will be that much of an impact as for returning. Uh, I, I again, that'll be up to Adam silver. I think, um, this uh, COVID-19 will leave a scar um, on many sports leagues. Um, I do think that will it, it would be pretty interesting because uh, the NFL is kind of on its own schedule. Yeah. And the Major League Baseball has kind of been on its own schedule. Mm-hmm. And the NBA, though, and the NHL have always been pretty much on the same timetable. Uh, you pretty much get there, the Stanley Cup, and then the finals – Back to back, back weeks, to back. Yep, which is always fun as a sports fan, but as in terms of sharing money, that's always that's always something you have to consider. Mm-hmm. Um, so, if the NBA were to push back the start of their season, um, the only problem that I could see with that is it backing up into the baseball playoffs, because uh, we're talking about you know the NBA thinking that the the start of the playoffs would be July 31st. Um, And think about baseball playoffs are, you know, October. Yeah. You know, so that would be my only caveat. But I think it would be cool to have the NBA on its own schedule. And I think if if anybody, if any sports league uh, between the the two that are sharing NHL and NBA, uh, I'd personally like to see the NBA kind of move – towards that also um it would kind of open up things for college basketball early on uh create a little hype for them you know pre-nba basketball Mm kind of like we get that first week of college football before we get the nfl yeah um so you know i I, the more i talk about it the the more i am uh kind of for maybe maybe not christmas jason but maybe um thanksgiving uh would be an idea maybe that weekend um I think that would be I, I think that'd be something to consi- to consider for sure. Well, I'm actually I, I'm actually very for the Christmas Day start date. I think that gives a a big enough buffer in between all of the sports and their postseasons in order to kind of get fans interested. Um, mm-hmm. Christmas is already known as this big NBA day, uh, and so make it even bigger by just putting the first game of the season right then, right there. The whole spotlight on the on paper best teams uh, playing in prime time, national television, all this good stuff. 
uh, and just hype up that first game of the season. Uh, and then a week or two later, uh, you're kind of dying down a little bit as far as the excitement level now that you've started. The NBA or NFL playoffs can kind of take over. Uh, and then when they come out of the uh, after the Super Bowl, beginning of February, uh, the NBA and NHL uh, are in full swing. Uh, NHL goes to their postseason. They finish up end of May, or be, yeah, end of May. And then if you look at it, the NBA works at a r- roughly around uh, a five to six month timetable. And so if you started on Christmas Day, you could feasibly wrap up your season j- late, mid to late June, early July type date. Uh, and then you could be completely wrapped up by middle of August, feasibly, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. still gives baseball its run as the home for stretch. September. Yeah, for September, because that's when baseball becomes exciting. And uh, I think a lot of people don't want to take that away from baseball. Right. Uh, not even and that's why, and that's why I would argue to maybe um, still have that big day on Christmas, but you know, that f- maybe the first week of de- September or December, first week of December, start games then. Um, because think about the timeline here too, Jason. College basketball, uh, Thanksgiving week, always has those uh, tournaments where it's the Maui Invitational, the, uh, the um, what's the one in the Bahamas? The um, Battle for Atlantis, uh-huh. um, the 2K Classic, the, uh, you know, all those... Uh, exciting play in tournaments or not play in tournaments, the the middle of the season, Mid-season. early season play, you know, tournaments. Um, and those yeah, are really fun to watch. And I think that if you start the week after that, then um, college basketball will, will have had its day. You kind of the, uh, like you said, that um, NBA will have that week. Very exciting. And then right after that, um, you know, the NH the NFL playoffs take over, and you know the more I line it up, it's more from a, a sports fan's perspective. Yeah. You know, we want the most exciting games as far, you know, lined up as we can. We don't want to have to fight between channels here. But and then mm-hmm. you think about, um, you know, Super Bowl in February, and then you know, of course, the NBA is still going on, and then in March, rolls around. And this would be at this point, it would kind of be the dog days. Um, you know, in baseball, they talk about the dog days of summer, um, where it's just kind of like uh, you're kind of moving around. It's day by day. You gotta try to win games. It's not really that fun. Um, yeah. This would be- kind of lead into the dog days of the NBA, where now you have March, where it's March Madness, <laughs> and college basketball comes to the forefront again. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once that is over. Uh, you think the NHL is coming down the stretch and then the NHL playoffs and then your playoffs start directly after the finals or the Stanley cup finals. And then you'll have your playoffs and then your finals. And uh, during all of that uh, early April baseball has started. um, And then we'll have been going on during both playoffs, NHL and NBA. And then we'll finish directly after the NBA playoffs. So I think that might maybe, maybe be a solution. But then again, you also think if you start talking about August um, and early September, then you're also competing with the start of the NFL. 
and college so Sunday football, games yeah. and Sunday games would be a big problem. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And obviously there's a lot of decisions that will have to be made and a lot of conversations that will be held between then. Uh, but because of time, we had two more uh, discussion topics, um, but we're going to go to one of them. Jordan, I'll let you pick. You, you have the list in front of you. Which discussion topic, heavy hitter, uh, or kind of five-hole hitter, do you want to talk about before we go to break? Yeah, I definitely want to talk about the match, uh, Tiger versus Phil. Uh, and I also love that they were able to play through that during the rain. Um, and then, of course, uh, it was just a – one, it was a very – timely event uh we needed some live sports and some good commentary by charles barkley so i'm, I'm glad we were able to get that <laughs> nothing um, unites the nation like charles barkley exactly and so i i i love i love the event i think we need more of it uh not just you know during a pandemic like uh we need this during the off seasons Mm-hmm. Uh, this is awesome. This is a, a really good way for charity to raise money, as we saw. Um, and I thoroughly enjoyed myself watching um, Tiger and Phil. And, of course, Brady and Manning were a trip. Uh, both of them, of Absolutely. course, Tom, <laughs> with that awesome iron shot uh, t- <laughs> to hold it from way out and splitting mm-hmm. his pants, too, on live TV. That is hilarious. So. <laughs> Can't beat that. Um, I think I think we definitely need to see more of that. It's a, a great idea and well done by TNT. I agree. And I think the biggest concern going into it was it was just going to be more just fun trash talking, like a, a group of four going out and golfing together. And that was what people – the impression that some people were getting going into it. Uh, mm-hmm. But I was pleasantly surprised by the competition level that we saw. And obviously when you put the greatest athletes in the world on in the same area, they're going to compete. But at the the start of it, it was very much trash talking, kind of one-sided. And then once things kind of started getting a little bit closer and a little bit tighter, like they got into the zone and you saw Mm -hmm. that competition that we've been missing. And that uh, the thing that people love about sports, just the desire to beat the other person and the desire to do better than the other. Uh, and well, Jason, I mean, these, these four guys are four of the, you know, top competitors in their sport. Mm-hmm. Um, and just in general, honestly, think about all the things that each player has had to overcome, um, to be successful in their careers. Uh, those guys, <laughs> it doesn't just kind of happen for a reason. Uh, they fight hard for what they have. Um, and they compete, um, and obviously that carries over uh, for for Manning and Brady to the golf course. And I I think, um, it you know it's pretty evident that they compete on everything. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Peyton Manning was competitive playing Monopoly. Um, you know, yeah, no, it's probably. Just, it's just kind of who they are. They love to win, and I think that's what drives them. And so I wasn't as surprised to kind of see the competition level definitely ramp up as they turned uh, for the back nine. Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised. Quickly, before we go to break, what would be your ideal head-to-head matchup? Any sport, any era, what would you want? Two athletes. 
head to head in something. I would. Love, I have mine. I would love to see MJ versus Kobe one on one. Love to see it. Wow, not MJ LeBron or anything like that. No, no, no. I'd love to see MJ versus Kobe. Two, those those two are probably the two of my favorite um, athletes. Um, hmm. And so I, I would probably, I'd love to see them play one on one. I'm gonna go a little bit of a different route, and this might surprise some people, but I'm a big baseball guy. I want to see Barry Bonds go up against Hank Aaron in a home run derby. Mm, that would be in fun. the middle of their prime, and, and with the juiced baseballs that we saw this, in this last year's home run derby. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think that would be must-watch television. It would be fun. It would be exciting, and obviously, it's completely hypothetical. But I think we would finally be able to determine who's the greatest home run hitter of all time between the two, uh, and from their primes. I'm saying from their primes, because mm-hmm. um, obviously Barry Bonds. Is, uh, would definitely be able to hit a home run before Hank Aaron would be right now, um, just because of age yeah. and yeah. <laughs> steroids. But um, right. uh, that would be what I want to see. Uh, but we're just getting started. We still have a lot left to go on this episode. When we come back, we're going to have one of our favorite segments, Boiling Hot Takes. Uh, boiling. We'll be right back with it. Boiling. It's going to burn your skin every time we speak. Uh, but we'll be right back. <laughs> You're listening to... The Walk On Podcast. And welcome back into the Walk On Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jordan Riddick, alongside me, my good buddy, Jason. Good Pruitt. buddy. Yep. And uh, like Jason said, we are bringing you back into this segment with some boiling hot takes. And Jason, uh, hmm. of course, we kind of um write these down you know we prepare a little bit before these podcasts just a little bit um and i'm looking at yours and i you know i don't think i could disagree too wholeheartedly uh with any of yours so i'm kind of surprised that yours aren't as boiling as they normally are really yeah my brain wasn't functioning hasn't been functioning really the past couple days so uh, I've been on some antibiotics, so I think that might be messing with my brain a little bit. Um, that so you're less maybe they outlandish, and maybe they're working properly. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they gave me antipsychotic medicine instead. That's it. That's it right there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, wow. I yours one of yours really surprises me. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them, I'm excited to hear your reasoning, and okay. I, I I can't wait for. Uh, but. Do you want me to start, or do you want to start? No, I'll go ahead. Um, okay. My first boiling hot take, Jason, uh, might su- surprise some people because they haven't thought about it. Um, the point is no team in the NBA will average more than 110 points per game in the playoffs this season, you know, pending they mm-hmm. have a playoffs. Um, I was kind of looking around. We're talking baseball, right? No, 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 no. <laughs> Not baseball. Basketball. <laughs> so... 110 points a game. Um, I was messing around looking at the stats, looking at the standings um, before going on the show today. Mm-hmm. And all but two teams in the Western Conference, the Sacramento Kings and the Golden State Warriors, were averaging hundred over 110 points per game. Wow. Um, but nobody was averaging over 120. 
the highest in the Western Conference was the Rockets, 118. Um, so I think this is a hot take for somebody maybe scrolling through Twitter and be like, oh, no, nah, he's joking. But to say that after this whole pandemic, taking so much time off to, as a team, averaging about eight less points per game during the playoffs where the defense, is, you know, defensive intensity is higher, um, would not surprise me at all. And so that's my first boiling hot take. What's scary, Jordan, is that I think I completely agree with you. I think that oh, man. is complete. I, yeah. You need to stay on that medicine, man. I'm oh, telling you. Oh, gosh. I need to get <laughs> off of it. No, we're losing uh, entertainment <laughs> points on this show. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> wow. I'm going to throw it in the trash as soon as this episode is done. Uh, <laughs> but my first boiling hot take also comes from the NBA. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And you, you maybe, notice I kind of I I tried to keep that uh you know the same. I saw that you had done an NBA hot take. I tried to keep up. You know NFL's next, and then we finish with college football. So I try to keep on task with there. Yeah, I I, I see that, and I, I appreciate that. That way we're yeah, kind of yeah. we're, we're sticking together. And I'm actually yeah. going to change it up from what you read a little bit, and I'm going to make it a little bit more bolder. Okay, I'm going to okay. say a. A four seed or lower will win the NBA Finals this year. I think. All right, so this would be your this would be your pool, Jason. I just want to. So mm-hmm. these teams would not be eligible to win, in your opinion. The Bucks, the Raptors, the Celtics, the Heat, the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Jazz. Yeah, I'm okay. willing to put my money on it and say, "Well, I'm not going to put my money on it." Take that back. Before, uh, maybe I need to stay on the medicine. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> uh, I could see I, when I say, cause you, you look at it and I said four seed or lower could win. Um, mm. So I would still have the Miami heat in play and I'd still have the Utah jazz in play, the thunder, the Rockets, the Mavericks, the Grizzlies, Pacers, 76ers, Nets and magic. And you have a lot of quality teams down there. A team like the 76ers could be a team that comes into the postseason. uh, hot just because they're a younger team they don't have to take as long to kind of get those glutes activated in the words of tiger woods um (laughs) miami heat uh they've been playing well all season and jimmy butler this could be his chance to thrive uh you look at a team like the thunder or the rockets rockets especially just with their offensive uh prowess uh just the ability to kind of be hot at all times james harden is a a walking hot streak uh when he wants to be and russell westbrook can uh, kind of force his way down low at will. Uh, and so I think that there are a lot of teams in that four or below range uh, that can make a push for the NBA Finals. And I think it's completely a, chance, a possibility that these upper-level teams come out rusty. A team mm-hmm. like Milwaukee. They, Giannis said he hasn't been able to take up any shots over this pandemic. So he could he's definitely going to be rusty. Uh, the Lakers are kind of an older team uh, numbers wise kind of uh, the mm. Celtics ki- kind of Jordan kind of LeBron compared to is some old. of the other teams LeBron, LeBron is old, is old. but some of the other teams um, Toronto they don't have the star player that some of these other uh, obviously they have Pascal Siakam uh, and Kyle Lowry but that's just not the same as some of these other teams uh, the Celtics uh, they're a good three seed Clippers are a really good two seed they could uh, pose a threat uh, the Nuggets also decent, but I think it's the, the, the gap is a lot has kind of been diminished because of this pandemic and it opens up the door for other teams. So that's my, first. I, I agree. I agree with you that the gap has been closed. 
But I don't know if I can get down for a top four seed not winning. Just because the sheer number, Jason, the you're you're excluding eight teams that's were the most successful in the league. Eight well, you teams. wanted me to be bolder, Jordan. Well, I, I, I'm glad. I'm glad that it was you were going bolder. to be a three seed or lower. But you wanted me to be bolder. You called me out on it, so I had I, I couldn't let you down. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> this is your fault. All right, Jason. What's your <laughs> what's your next boiling hot take? All right, my next one, Kyler Murray will finish top five in the NFL MVP voting. Uh, and he's still really young. It's, he's going into his second year. Uh, and so I think finishing top five is – that's why it's kind of a stretch, um, just because he's still so young in the league. Uh, he's got a long way to go before he's in the, the conversation of the Patrick Mahomes and the Lamar Jacksons. But I think the addition of DeAndre Hopkins – um, and a second year under uh, Cliff Kingsbury, um, who has the nicest house probably of any of the coaches in the NFL, uh, as we saw in the draft. Um, I, I think that <laughs> for sure. I, I I don't think he's posed for a sophomore slump. I think he has an opportunity uh, to take a big leap on uh, this upcoming year, and it could just from the talent that they've surrounded him with now uh, will improve his numbers greatly. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. Like, I think he might finish top three. Uh, this wow. guy, Kyler Murray, is for real. Um, and if you continue to add weapons on your team, he's only going to get better, uh, like you said. So, uh, I was a hater of Kyler Murray, but when he came out of college, I will say that. So this is a big mm-hmm. step for me, admitting that he could be top five. Yeah, well... We'll see if I ever we'll, we'll, we'll ever we'll we'll see if I ever say that Baker is gonna be a top five in NFL MVP voting. It's gonna be a long time before I say that. He's gonna have to win the award before I say that. <laughs> Fair enough, Jordan. What's your number two? Yeah. So uh, this is the one, one that shocks me. Yeah. Say, staying on topic with the NFL. Um, I, for those of you that know me, I'm a Redskins fan through and through. Whole life, love the Redskins. Uh, mm-hmm. Love what they're doing with Ron Rivera. Uh, but this is going to hurt for some of y'all. Um, I, I'm i a little bit tired of people talking trash about the Cowboys, not because um, they don't deserve it. Uh, sometimes they do. Uh, that's just the <laughs> facts. Um, but I'm tired of them talking trash about the Cowboys because like, they're just making stuff up. Like, oh, they're a bad team. No, they're not a bad team at all. Uh, the Dallas yeah, Cowboys are a force to be reckoned with. Uh, and the NFC East is a joke. And uh, for sure. any any expectation for them, uh, any other expectation expectation for them to not win the NFC East is, is just uh, absolutely astounding. Uh, the Cowboys are going to absolutely win the NFC East this year, uh, and it will be resounding. Um, last year, the defense was kind of beat up. Uh, it didn't play well. Um, and Dak had some hit-or-miss games. Uh, comes to mind um, the uh, late Philadelphia game, the one at mm-hmm. the Thanksgiving game against the Bills. Uh, not his his bright shiny moments. Uh, uh, the game against um, the Jets early on in the season. Uh, you know, winnable games for the Cowboys. Win one or two of those, and you're good. Uh, their schedule a little bit tougher this year uh, than last year, um, but still very much winnable. Yeah. I look at games like uh, they they play the Falcons, they play the Cardinals, which we just talked about. That it'll be a good game, but I, I still think they're significantly better than them. 
They play the Redskins twice. They play the Giants twice. They play the Bengals. Okay? Uh, they do play against the Steelers, the 49ers, uh, at the Ravens this year, um, and at Seattle. Um, those are some of their tougher games. But I do think that the Cowboys are going to kind of have a rebound season this year. Um, and they're definitely going to – I think they're going to outperform um, their expectations going in. Wow. My concern is their head coach, Mike McCarthy, he has an old-school style uh, comparatively, uh, and he can tend to rub some players the wrong way. We saw that with Aaron Rodgers, but he's a hothead to begin with. So I don't want to read right. too much into that. But uh, that's my biggest concern about the uh, Cowboys this year. Jordan, what is your sure. – third and final boiling hot take. Yeah, we're going to transition to college football. And I'm going to say uh, the biggest concern, I think, for people going forward, and even you, Jason, was the mm-hmm. Western the Western states uh, going forward. Um, and there's no bigger Western conference than the Pac-12. And my hot take is that the Pac-12 will have a full season of college football. And this wow. includes non-conference games. Hmm. Um it's funny how nobody in the last three days has talked about the coronavirus <laughs> because, yeah. uh, you know, all we're talking about is George Floyd. Um, and it's funny how the media can manipulate your mind towards something. Um, eventually, it will come back to the coronavirus uh, once all this kind of settles down. Um, but nobody's thought two things about the coronavirus since all this has happened. Um, and so it kind of makes me think, you know, how, you know, not how real is this, but how impactful is this COVID-19 thing actually going to be? So huh. I, I say that in hopes that the Pac-12 will come to realize that and that um, we'll have, we're, we'll be full head of steam towards a college football season, full college football season. Well, I would absolutely love that if that were the case. Uh, My last one, sticking with college football, um, and this one, honestly, it kind of pains me to say. (laughs) I bet it does. It it hurts. It it cuts deep, this one. Uh, My final boiling hot take is this will be Jim Harbaugh's final year at TTUM, the the University of Michigan. Michigan, um, there you go. <laughs> uh, that would hurt. I <coughs> might have to go back on that medication. Um, but <laughs> mercy. Uh, yeah, it's it, a school like Michigan and a school like Ohio State. If you can't beat each other, you will not last long as a head coach. And so, on, honestly, Jim Harbaugh has lasted longer than I've ever expected him to last, uh, mm-hmm. just based on his results in the the game, the Ohio State Michigan game. Mm-hmm. And with this funky year uh, that we're having and the fact that Ohio State has been able to land multiple really good recruits, Michigan has done absolutely nothing as far as their recruiting standpoint has gone. Ohio State stealing Michigan recruits. Uh, I, I think that uh, the stage is being set for the exit interview of Jim Harbaugh. Uh, this coming season, I think that this will be his final go around with the the maize and blue, and all Ohio State fans will cry because that means we're uh, we're no longer guaranteed a win on that mm. final final day of the season. Well, <laughs> uh, you know, the game will depend on that. Um, 
I fully expect y'all to whip their tail again this year, but um, so does most people. Yeah, so do most people. But if he finds a way to win that game, then I'd pump your brakes on that one. So, but anyway, uh, we're really excited about our boiling hot takes. And um, but Jason, we have a great segment, the great segment. Mm. We'll call it the segment, like the game. It's the mm. segment. It's mm. the one you're always waiting for at the end of our episodes. It's what grinds your gears, and it's coming up next. You're listening to the Walk On Podcast. Tick, tick, boom. We're bringing the noise. Go, baby, we bringing our toys. Separate me from the boys. Chapel be singing, should be on the voice. Welcome back into this episode of the Walk On Podcast. We're having a lot of fun. I'm Jason Pro. Alongside of me is my good friend, Jordan Riddick, and we're entering into our final segment of the episode. Uh, and honestly, I have been looking forward to this one all week, really. Uh, this this mm. what grinds your gears. I think I have my best what grinds your gears uh, yet, uh, and so I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, it's going to be fun. But Jordan, uh, how about you go ahead and start us out here? Yeah, well, I, I just want to address the best one you've had yet, more than when I said that you were 21 on your birthday rather than 22. Uh-huh. Oh, wow. This is going to be amazing. Oh, yeah. Well, I'll absolutely. Go ahead. I'll go ahead. Uh, Jason, what's grinding my gears? Um, hmm. I don't know. You tell me. The <laughs> the unmitigated gall of Dan Orlovsky. Mm. <laughs> Another thing that really grinds my gears, this is kind of off the subject a little bit, but it still grinds my gears, is when ESPN and all these sports people have other people talking about sports that they didn't play. Like, yeah. you got Damian Woody talking about the NBA. I don't want to hear about what a former cowboy has to talk about about the NBA, nor do I want to hear about what Dan Orlovsky has to think about Damian Lillard. Yeah. Who called him an an entitled brat and spoiled. Spoiled. <laughs> Are you serious, Dan Orlovsky? If the man doesn't want to put his life on the line, his family in jeopardy for a game that won't even matter this season, even if they won a couple games, they wouldn't even make the playoffs? Like, what are you talking about? This guy is an absolute moron, especially in the times that we are living in, since the room. Like, why would you say... And Damian Lillard for his credit, was quick to point out, he came from nothing. He yeah. came from nothing. He was about the least spoiled person on the world. On the earth, Jason. Yep. And Dan Orlovsky got on his Twitter and called him an entitled brat. <laughs> Are you serious? You want to know why he called him that? Why did he call him that? Dan Orlovsky's only appeared in 26 games in an 11-year career. Yeah, he is bad. He was bad his entire career. And so he's just jealous of anybody who has some semblance of talent. Bad. In a professional league. It's embarrassing. Terrible take by Dan Orlovsky. Terrible. Terrible. All right, Jordan, you ready for this? Oh, I... I don't think I've been looking forward to anything else today except for your hot or your what grinds your gears. So Jason, what grinds your gears? All right. Well, I'm going to start out 
I'm, I'm just going to be up front. What grinds my gears, Jordan, Uh oh. is you. <laughs> I knew it was going to be me. Jordan, I was scrolling through Twitter this past week. Uh-oh. And I was reading tweets, and I came across one of your tweets. And so I, I went to your account for no other purpose than just to check to out. Scroll. Your, yeah, to scroll. Yeah, just scroll. And you don't follow me on Twitter. That's not true. You that can't be true. You do not follow me on Twitter. I have that can't be on true. my laptop, on my phone, and you do not follow me on Twitter. Jordan, we Jason. have been doing this podcast for a year. And There's you don't no follow way. me on Twitter. There's <laughs> no way. I cannot believe you don't follow me on Twitter. I don't. <laughs> That's amazing. Jordan! <laughs> how do you not follow your podcast partner on Twitter? This is I feel like we've interacted before on Twitter, though, so I just assume that we followed each other. You probably... My, my, my Twitter went off because you followed me, and it just alerted me that you followed me. But, <laughs> Jordan, first you end our snap streak. Uh, okay, I told and you. And then you end our Twitter relationship, friendship. You no longer oh, followed gosh. me. That is I am not appalled our and you're offended. You're getting butthurt about that. You got to get out I'm of here. I'm appalled and offended by the fact that you <laughs> did not follow me on Twitter after all of this time. And That's I, amazing. <laughs> we've had several I've been over here on liking Twitter, your though, tweets. before. So I, I yeah, I've been over here liking your tweets and replying to your tweets and all this kind of stuff just to find out you don't even follow me. The I disrespect. guess I had just always assumed that we followed each I never went to look. That is hilarious, Jason. That's what grinds my gears. Jordan, did it live well, up to your hype? I'm so sorry. <laughs> did it live up to your hype? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. That was better than the birthday thing. Good. I'm glad. I, I, was, I saw that and I wrote that down in my notes to remind me on Sunday that that was what grinds my gears. And I hadn't forgotten it, which was the good thing, which meant it really mm-hmm. did grind my gears. <laughs> but that's all the time that we have for this episode. We've had a lot of fun. It's been one of our better episodes, I think. Uh, and so thank you all for tuning in. Uh, we're hoping you continue to listen. Make sure that you subscribe, uh, rate five stars, share with a friend, tell people that you know uh, how much you just love this podcast and how it's the best thing you listen to every single week. Uh, the best thing. To get our, the best thing. Uh, the best. So just make sure, sure that uh, you just spread the word, uh, help us out, um, and just continue to uh, support us by tuning in every week. Uh, for Jordan Riddick, I'm Jason Prill, and you've been listening to The Walk On Podcast. Tick, tick.